Hello and welcome to the Radical Imperfectionist Podcast, a show where together we work to embrace who we are, to grow into our own allies, and to become a source of empowerment for ourselves and those around us. Hello everyone, I hope your week has been great so far. It's been pretty hot here, at least for me, but I'm still grateful for the summer regardless. I'm going to start scheduling um, my podcast to come out every Thursday, so you can uh, be aware of the date that it comes out. It will be every Thursday um, from here on out, and I try to jump right into the topic pretty quickly, so I'm going to do that right now. Today I want to talk about all or nothing thinking. Within the core of perfectionist thinking, we tend to think in terms of all or nothing, thinking in extremes. It happens when we think we are bad when we mess up, and we make this a statement or a verdict. We don't see that we can mess up and still be good. We can do things that are bad and things that are good at the same time. We, it's not all or nothing. When we live with this type of thinking, we struggle to see all of the facts that are before us. We make a lot of assumptions. As I've said before, we have this belief of what is good or right, of what is bad or wrong, and our brain is affirming these beliefs with the way that it filters and assesses the incoming information. These thoughts make it so that we're stuck feeling the need to follow an ever-increasing and rigid set of rules and expectations, which we don't meet all the time. When we fail to meet an expectation or follow all of the rules, well, we judge ourselves as failures, not just seeing that first, our expectations were unrealistic, second, that our value doesn't lie within our ability to meet or not meet rules and expectations, and third, we're stuck, we're detached from growth and our power because we're swallowed up in the shame of not feeling enough. Over the course of my life, I have had this mentality and I've been working to dismantle it completely as much as I can with so much effort. It's so much work because the habit has been in place for pretty much my whole life. I thought this way about my beliefs in God and religion for so long. I thought this way about politics and I thought this way about health. I thought this way about finances and parenting. Oh my goodness, so many things. A huge step for me was just as I started to realize that I thought this way and how much it was hindering me and imprisoning me as well. At first, I was feeling more and more like a failure repeatedly as my paradigms kind of felt like they were just being blown away. Paradigms that I clung to, which left me feeling tricked and lost. I took on all of the beliefs that I had as sort of a dogma, as enmeshed within my sort of identity and my value as the right way, the truth. And it was a hefty burden to carry and and weigh against myself essentially. This week I realized how nice it is now that I feel so much more free, free from the black and white thinking that kept me trapped for so long. And although it still does sometimes, it's getting so much better. My husband and I sat at breakfast and talked about politics, politics from several angles without any emotional upheaval, no charge whatsoever. Not that there was a bunch of that between the two of us anyhow, but with him, I'm able to be open and honest and work on my thought world 
and boundaries in these areas without fear. And as I did that, I just realized that within me there wasn't this charge. Now, don't worry, I won't be going into politics here. But the fact that the subject of politics is such a heated topic and to allow it to be stripped of its power to control my life gives my mind the ability to be open and creative. I'm talking about the power that this topic has had in my life and in so many people's lives. The power to create fear and anxiety and panic and so many trapping emotions. It creates these emotions by the thoughts we choose to accept as true about the circumstances surrounding the political environment. I can see from angles I never have before and leave without a knot in my stomach and panic in my heart. Again, I'm not going into the politics themselves here, but I'm just sharing a point because there are circumstances that are beyond our control, a lot of them actually, and some of them are where the most powerful and debilitating thoughts can step in and just control our lives. I give this example because I think that most people in our day and age can really relate to it. And this is a topic that so many circumstantial weight that it it can cause a divide within families and can ruin not just conversations, but sometimes entire relationships. But it's not the topic that does the damage. It's the thoughts, the heat, the emotions behind it. So it's the thoughts about the topic, the black and white thoughts, which cause the resulting emotions of fear and anger and anxiety and whatever else, which result in actions out of those feelings. Any circumstances that are not completely in our control are assessed by our brain and and result in thoughts. Sometimes we're aware of them and sometimes we're not, but when they are either or thoughts, like black and white thoughts, thoughts that are incredibly limiting, they can cause endless fear and struggle in our lives. That doesn't actually promote any change to those circumstances that are so heated, that we're so stressed about and so angry over. It doesn't actually provide any solutions. It actually hinders us from action that would provide solutions most of the time. As I said before, I've gone through this in so many areas of my life, many of the big areas. Politics, religion, parenting, health, and on and on and on. But I'm not ashamed of that because I was not aware of it. I know now that I was doing my best with what I knew and was aware of, but now that I know I have a choice of what thoughts I choose to believe and accept, even if they're all entering my mind, I won't stop working and I I will let go. I will work to let go of this way of extreme thinking. All or nothing thinking is also called black and white thinking. It's when we don't recognize or believe that there's a gray area. So we live in either extreme. We can't have both sides. Something is either good or bad, wrong or right. We also do this with our self-judgments. We're either doing well or a failure. We're either a good mom or we've ruined our kids. How many times have you experienced this? I have so many times. It is fueled by thoughts that produce fear and perpetuated by those very thoughts. I also had black and white thinking when it came to exercise and diet, essentially health like I mentioned. I was very hard on myself and thus very hard in my head on the world at large because there was a a right way to do it all and we should all be doing that but we had to figure out which was the right way and so I thought. Thank goodness now I live in the gray area on this topic. 
I have freedom to choose without shame and guilt. I have the awareness that I'm going to continue to learn and that I'm not always going to be right. And that what I do now, even in my best you know, potential, is still possibly going to be quote unquote wrong at some point or partially. I appreciate all of the information and the research that's available at my fingertips, but I don't always feel like I have to know the right answer for everything anymore. I always had to do and know the best options for healthy foods and remedies and exercise as well, and I just never lived up to it all. So I felt like a total imposter, and I lived with this deep, lonely shame of that. All the while, I was running on this virtual treadmill towards this unattainable ideal that kept getting farther and farther away. We constantly see ourselves as failures when we can't do it all right under this mentality. Whenever the rug is metaphorically pulled out from underneath us, whenever the ideology we have is compromised, questioned, or it fails to live up to our expectations, we're faced with new thoughts, new feelings, and new fears from all of it, not to mention shame of maybe being wrong before. A good sign that we are living in all-or-nothing mentality is that we tend to often use words like always and nobody and never and everybody. Because of this, we assume our views are the whole picture and thus right, or we hope they are, and so we see anything different than our opinion as wrong or threatening, and we're very often incredibly stuck in our heads and in feelings of shame and fear, like I said before, of what if it's wrong, (laughs) and just not wanting to face that. We're ashamed when we're faced with facts that what we believed or thought was maybe wrong, like I said. And we live in this fear that we are wrong because of what that would mean under this way of thinking when it's just so sort of tied to our identity. We also don't see that things can have an and. We don't see that we could be a good mom and sometimes act in bad ways towards our kids. The way we see it, if we mess up, we are a bad mom, period. When we live with an all or nothing or black and white mentality, it's common to see anxiety, eating disorders, decreased productivity, depression, stress, relationship struggles, comparison, and addiction. We get angry and irritated because so many things have the potential of triggering these thoughts that keep us trapped. We are incredibly hard on ourselves here have a hard time hearing other people's opinions and really trying to understand them and empathize with them. We have a hard time seeing things along a spectrum and we tend to spiral in negativity or positivity. If something went bad, even one small thing, it can feel like all of it has come crashing down in our heads. We see ourselves as good or bad again and it can tend to color the whole world around us depending on which lens we're looking through at the moment. How can we work on this? So what am I doing? I'm going to share what I'm doing. We can try to recognize that we all have strengths and weaknesses and see this as part of the puzzle. We can work to pan out, sort of step back and try to approach situations from a broader viewpoint, like eagle's eye view, seeing the story with a fuller perspective. In this, we can actively choose to become more curious so that we can actually gain more information on the whole picture. And with this approach, our perspective shifts from that of a judge to that of a student. I talk a lot about using different feelings and emotions as cues. 
It will take time, but the repeated practice will work to retrain our minds. When we don't practice, we will fall back into old ways of thinking. It's not something we did wrong, we just need to try again and be consistent in our practice, all while giving ourselves grace, and giving grace to those around us, of course. When we realize that we are starting to feel drawn toward extreme thinking, which feels trapping, we can allow this to be a cue to become a student and to seek to understand. You can even use a hat or something that you physically put on to change your perspective or to cue you. You put on your hat and you are a student. Even if that sounds silly, it's very helpful. So instead of making it your goal to have everybody else understand or agree with you, or when I'm doing it, to agree with me, I will try and practice shifting my focus on being a student and both looking for lessons in situations and appreciating what I'm learning from others. God wants to teach us in every single situation, but we are not teachable when we are uh, stuck in the judging mentality, when we're looking at things black and white, when we think we already know or have to know the answer. We are only teachable when we are in the curiosity mindset, the perspective of an interested student or learner seeking to understand the world around us. We can also choose to see progress in each thing, so similar to what I just said. From this curiosity mindset, we can look at the situation we're faced with, the people or the circumstances, and we can sit with and meditate on sort of asking what we are to learn in all of it. There will be lessons. If the situation is that I've failed or maybe I feel like I've failed at something, this practice, each time I think I have failed, will help me to change the relationship I have in my brain with failure itself. It'll sort of lose its power to control me and and create fear and shame. If we're seeking the lesson in each of these perceived failures, we will see failure in a positive light over time. This is something I'm really actively working on. It's helping so much with so much with my self-talk. You can also work to take out certain words from your vocabulary regarding your self-talk as well as how we talk about ourselves to others such as always and never and everybody like i said before these words are exaggerations as it's rare that they're actually accurate in order to do this you have to know when you're having those thoughts so when you're feeling terrible and volatile and emotions from an experience or situation you can stop and write out your thoughts that's what i do or try to just let what's inside pour onto the page like i've said before so you can identify those thoughts You can open your phone, you can write yourself an email if you don't have a journal, you can pull out a piece of paper if you have it, or open your computer if you're at home, whatever's close by. You can see the thoughts that are there when you do this, and when you realize what negative or challenging thoughts you're having that may be all or nothing, black or white, stemming from perfectionist thinking, you can see where you have the wording that is extreme, and you can dissect the thought to find the truth. Not everything is in your control. You're not supposed to be perfect. As perfectionists with black and white thinking, we make a lot of assumptions. Instead of knowing and taking in all of the facts or or enough to get a balanced picture, we're making a lot of assumptions that support what we already think. We're clinging to it, which might be that we're failures. It might be that we're unworthy or that the world is doomed, whatever it is. Or it may be similar, or sorry, it may be a smaller thought that's 
trapping and causes us to judge ourselves and judge others. Even though we are constantly judging on autopilot, when we proactively seek a learner's perspective, we actually can move away from judgment in general. We become able to accept ourselves and others with love, without judgment for real. The judge will still whisper in your ear, but your consistency will create a habit for yourself. The more I work to come away from and break down black and white thinking in my own life, the more I've been learning about the people in my life. The more I've been able to truly start to see them as they really are and love them for being that incredibly unique and perfect person. And this starts with myself. I now see myself as enough even when I mess up. I don't hang out with the thoughts that I am a failure as often, and I'm quicker to rebound when I do. If I'm thinking these thoughts of black and white and all or nothing about my life and my circumstances, I'm also projecting those thoughts and judging others as well. Instead of feeling like we have to always do things perfectly so that when we fail to live up to that, we feel immediate shame and fear and defeat, we can do our best to understand that our best does not mean doing every single thing with A plus work. It doesn't. We can't do everything with A plus work. So that's not our best. That's called impossible. We can see that our best can mean that we work to balance our priorities and become okay with things not being perfect. And that our best sometimes means we're doing B work, maybe even less. Kara Lowenthal talks about this on her podcast, and it's been really powerful for me. If we're consistently working to do things perfectly, we will either not act or we will never finish. We will either feel like it's too much to even begin, or we'll continue to change things, never finding perfection and thus never completing the projects we are working on. Or when we do, doing so with shame and fear of being found out as less than, doing things imperfectly doesn't mean we're not doing them well. Understanding that practice is what sharpens the saw, not perfectionism. Perfectionism is unplugging the saw, in essence. You are enough. Your best doesn't mean you do all of the things all of the time with 100% effort. That's exhausting. That's perfection. You are not an imposter. You are that person you're trying to be that is amazing, sometimes is also buried beneath a mountain of thoughts that have been wreaking havoc for years. Peel back the layers with grace and understanding. Take time for creativity and connection. Repeat the truth when you feel yourself trapped and don't let yourself entertain the lies. You can acknowledge them when you recognize them, but then turn to the truth and become your ally. Repeat the truth so that you start to remember it when you hear the lies and practice being your own mentor, reminding yourself of these things in those situations. When I was a teenager, I remember the WWJD bracelets and saying the saying that came with it, what would Jesus do? Well, it's actually super helpful to reflect on what someone else would think or do in a situation, calling on your hero. When I was only beginning this journey, I would ask myself what my sister would say to me if I were telling her that thing I was struggling with. So often I was able to figure out what she would say if I didn't actually call her and see what she really said, and it would help. It was so priceless. I still do that sometimes. I've also asked what one of my mentors would say if I talked to them about my thoughts when I'm struggling. 
most of whom are authors and speakers rather than actively present relationships in my life. And this helps me tremendously. Maybe for you it's a mother, another mentor, God, or another author or speaker you follow. Ask yourself who seems to have the most helpful thoughts for you on a topic and think about them when you're trying to battle thoughts and feel stuck. I'll be your sister in the sunshine, and we can remind each other what this is about and face the lies with bravery and truth. I have come a long way with this concept in the area of black and white thinking as it pertains to thoughts about the world and society and issues and so on. But I still do tend to struggle with the side of this that has to do with extreme thinking of myself. I struggle with this when I mess up or when I'm faced with something that still triggers me to think unhelpful thoughts about what it means about me and not dismiss them right away. When I lose my patience with my kids, I still sometimes entertain the thoughts, sometimes for a while that this means I'm unworthy of love or that I'm a failure as a mom or that I've ruined my kids but the duration is less and less every time, even though those thoughts are not immediately faced with the truth sometimes. Okay, and maybe not every time they're less and less, but they are over time growing less and less, and I'm becoming aware of it quicker. You see, I'm not seeking perfection in my pursuit of embracing myself, and you need not either. I'm not using this as another way to be extreme. I'm working towards growth. And I can't do that until I embrace all of me and all of it. But I will keep working on it and I am seeing incredible results. And Sunshine, you will too. You are by far not at all even kind of alone. You're incredible and I'm in the trenches with you. Think about the lies that you face the most and when they tend to, tend to come up for you. What areas do you tend to have the most black and white thinking? If you'll share these with me and any ways that you have found help in this, I would super appreciate it. I think it would be helpful and I can share those with more people. We are meant to be a tribe, to live in a tribe, to love and support each other. And even though we'll be messy and we will be imperfect, it will inspire ourselves and those around us and it will give us meaning and growth that we never saw before. We're on the verge of waking up to who we are and not being held back anymore. It's worth celebrating, my friend. It's worth so very much. I hope your week is full of tons of laughter and a lot of reflection and work on accepting that beautiful self that is inside of you, that beautiful self that is you and believing it. I am honored to be a part of this journey with you. I really am, and I hope you have an incredible week. This is Holly Ann Casper, the Radical Imperfectionist. Okay, real quick, you guys, there's been an exercise that has been incredibly popular on my podcast and in my videos called rewriting your story. I've used this exercise and it's been awesome. So I created a freebie to jumpstart your journey in that area. I want to send it to you, but in order to do that, I need your email address. So to make that really simple, you can text the word imperfect to the number 22828. Again, text the word imperfect to the number 22828 and you'll get a response back asking for your email address. 
When you respond with your email address, you'll be added to the email list so that I can keep you informed. And again, as a bonus, I created this worksheet. It's a super popular exercise. I use it regularly, talk about it often here on the podcast, and I want to send you that worksheet as a gift. So when you subscribe, I'll send that worksheet and the instructions right to your inbox. Okay, let's get back to it. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you'd like to stay current on whatever is posted, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can also head over to theradicalimperfectionist.com for other resources. Have a wonderful day.